Hello everybody and welcome to Screw You, the podcast where we make jokes about how awful the law is because the only other option is to cry about how awful the law is. <sighs> My name is Marilek, I am the host of this year podcast and today is another episode of Truth, Lie and <laughs> A little series on my podcast where I present three statements and argue whether they're truth, a lie, or like legal certainty. Why did I say certainty? Eh, certainty. What was that? Do I think I am British now? <laughs> the spirit of a colonizer is within me. <laughs> so, today's statements are very fun. They're all about contract law because when i wrote down the statements i was studying for contract law (laughs) but now i have to study a whole completely different module so they're not even relevant anymore but it was a nice moment of like sitting there and being like oh my goodness i remember so much (laughs) Ah, studying gosh but anyways so i think um don't forget to like if you're listening via spotify then you can um what is it use a poll to just say how many of the statements you got right listen like more people are using listening via the web version though so i guess less people will will be using the spotify link in any case so that's um, a recent development that i don't mind actually because you know spotify is a run is run by a person who literally funds um, military stuff i don't understand it fully i probably have to research this but it's funded by some guy who's involved in like military funding things and you know (laughs) the thing is i wanted to delete spotify because of that but guys i love the spotify rap i don't i I feel like it's such a stupid reason to keep an app that literally makes it clear that they're constantly surveilling you so i i I just want to see my spotify rap and see what it's going to look like and also all of the other apps are so inconvenient because like if you're listening through youtube music then you have to keep your phone on and my screen time is already too high i can't have it be even higher just because i'm listening to music you know and the other ones i don't even know how they function so but i guess maybe they whatever so you know that ramble is all to say that um just if you can do the poll if you can't whatever it's fine (laughs) it's fine so yeah let's get let's get to the 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 statements i'm very confused guys it's the morning i woke up not too long ago and yes yes and also the most important part don't forget to like guess what the if the statement is a truth or liar as we're going as well just for like for fun's sake i guess so the first thing is the law can help keep you unemployed now this is a truth it is a truth i know you wish you are shocked by that um but <laughs> so it's gonna need a lot of context because i i phrase this in a very sensational way <laughs> but so buckle up everybody because this statement is going to require a lot of context so basically in the law of contract you have a whole list of things that are necessary for a contract to come into being for the formation of a contract so first of all let us start with the actual definition of a contract because i feel like that's very important a contract is an agreement between two or more persons with the serious intention of creating a legally blind binding obligation i mean legally binding obligations or obligation between each other and which the law views as binding so 
a contract requires something called like the serious intention, which is animus contrahendi, and six validity requirements. So the serious intention is what differentiates a contract from uh, from unbinding agreements like a gentleman's agreement. So when you just say that um, we can meet, have a meeting at twelve o'clock, like as a in in your capacity as a business person, for example, or just just for the sake of being decent, like if you say I'm gonna show up at eleven, you show up at eleven. Um, I'm looking at those people by African time, by the way, because this person, he just has a side note. I don't understand that. Like, I understand that, like, the thing is, black people are late to events, you know, that stereotype. But it annoys me because, like, just show up on time because everyone's, like, time is is valuable. And when people have to wait around for two hours for you, it's very annoying. I hate that because me, I'm always on time. Like, if I say I'm going to show up at 12 o'clock, I show up at 12 o'clock. This is why I tell you guys that I have the spirit of a colonizer inside of me. <laughs> but no, I'm kidding. So, um, you need a serious intention for it to be binding. Like, if it doesn't happen, there should be some sort of illegal repercussion. So, it differentiates from gentleman's agreements and moral agreements, for example. So, moral agreements, um, I think... Oh, if I we don't we don't really get many examples of moral agreements, but based on like the meaning like morals, I guess it's like to say that you will not. Um, huh, maybe like religion, you say you're not gonna do something that is in contravention with some sort of religious doctrine, and you don't do it because it's like in line with your morals and stuff. And then we have the six validity requirements, and these are legality, possibility. Certainty, capacity, formality, formality, and most importantly, consensus. So, um, the validity requirements are required for a contract to be valid. Without one of these, a contract will either be automatically void, depending on like the type of like contravention that is found within the requirement itself. So, it'll either be void or voidable, right? So, for instance, if a contract lacks consensus it can be declared void depending on where consensus is um, not found. So if, for instance, um, there's no consensus as to the nature of the the obligation or the nature of... As to the nature of the obligation, so they don't like they, they have lack of consensus regarding that. Sorry about that, guys. Like, the people are just moving around a lot, so I lost my train of thought, obviously, while I paused the speaking. But um, when this happens, let's say, for instance, there's a realtor, right? And they're selling two, one of two sites to a person, like a person who just wants to buy property. So then if um, the person is under the impression that the realtor is selling site B, but the realtor is actually selling site A, then the contract can be declared void because, like, a key component of the contract itself, not, there's not been a meeting of minds. And this now, it's like the point of departure then. Is like a mistake or improperly obtained consensus so generally when you have a material mistake then the contract will be void so it's error in corpe um, error in negotio and a third one I forgot what it was but these ones will automatically make the contract void because it's a material and then when you have improperly obtained consensus it's just consensus has been obtained but it's been obtained because of <laughs> improperly <laughs> so it's either you misrepresented some nature of what is being sold so um 
you were lying you said that the house is in pristine condition it has five bedrooms whatever and it's actually a lie then the contract can be um voidable or look and you're actually going to talk about this a bit later when you made use of like threats of violence in order to get a person to contract with you then it can also be improperly obtained consensus because the person acted on as a result of this fear this fear so the consensus has been received but due to not because the con the the the, the, the parties wanted it to be so okay so this very sensational statement would fall under the required requirement of legality and then the requirement of legality basically just boils down to it just has to be in line with the law like it should not be in contravention with any um, legal provisions any sort of public policy so public policies like what the law assumes the general public views as correct and moral and all of that stuff so there are two there are two types of contracts that can be or are in contravention with the requirement of legality these are contracts that are void and thus unenforceable and those are that are valid but are enforceable unenforceable in a court of law so if a contract um you make a contract in which you guys agree to steal something right and then you suddenly change your mind about it and you want the contract to be revoked or something you want to get back your money that you gave the other person for like the theft then it cannot be enforced it is void because it's against the law and the reason why this is the case is because the law will not help those with unclean hands, which I find very ironic, since the law constantly helps people with unclean hands. Cough, cough, corporations. Cough, cough, the rich. Cough, cough, politicians. Guys, please. <laughs> it just means you don't want to help people with unclean hands who aren't having, who don't have a state, like who aren't in a power, a status of like extreme power and influence. That's what it boils down to at the end of the day. But like the law won't help people with unclean hands. And also the next the other one is like um, the law will not motivate people to act in a way that is against the law. Again, cough, cough. Just the, the unspoken word is just people who are not in position of power who are acting against what is the law. So the other one is the one that is valid but unenforceable. So um, a valid but unenforceable one is that you have consensus basically. Like the people have agreed to the contract. But it cannot be enforced in a court of law because of some sort of um, public policy, uh, something to do with public. It, 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 it's not in agreement with public policy, which is a very important provision, allegedly. Uh, I say allegedly because, like, sometimes it is viewed as expand, expendable. Is that the word I want to use? It's not viewed as the public policy is not viewed as important in the position of what should be enforced or not. And also, like, public policy is what the law assumes is public policy. So, sometimes, yes, they would have referendums sent out to have the general public um, chip in on what should go on. But generally, they won't take, they'll just assume what people are thinking. Or they just won't take people's thoughts into consideration because they're like, okay, these people are not specialized in this field. So, you know, they're, they're not giving a um, well-informed decision on what should happen, which I guess is kind of valid, I guess, if you... Uh, but at the same time it's it's not really ideal um in my opinion um if i remember to elaborate on this <laughs> but right now i i just 
I don't know how I forgot what I was speaking about. How do you forget what you're speaking about as you're saying the words? But yeah, so whether or not um a valid contract will be considered unenforceable will depend on how much the general public finds its provisions reprehensible. So this reprehensibility depends on a variety of different of, of dif- a variety of different factors. Tautology. Hello. This reprehensibility depends on a variety of factors. Um but usually um it's like uh kidding. Like this public policy is usually like considered in contrast with the freedom of contract and sanctity of contract, whilst the general public's like public policy is usually hand in hand with good faith. So basically how it stands is like general public and good faith stand on one side, it's and then there's that big versus then sanctity of contract and freedom of contract are on the other side. And then it's like, ooh, fight. Usually in this fight <laughs> um, public policy and uh, good faith get KO'd <laughs> but every now and then um, you know uh, public policy and good faith end up being the victors but in this case um, I guess public policy kind of usually takes a win um, but you know I'll talk about, I'll talk about this public policy thing in a bit in more in greater detail so I know that like you might not know what the the words I just said mean, so I want to define them, especially because I'm going to be speaking about them a bit later on. So freedom of contract is the idea that people are free to decide whether, with whom, and on what terms to contract. And this is called party autonomy. Right? <laughs> yeah? And then we have sanctity of contract, which is the idea that contracts freely and seriously entered into must be honored and if necessary enforced by the court. Which is the Latin word, the, the Latin word for this is Pacta Sanct, Sancta Vanda. Good faith is the idea that parties to a contract should behave, behave honestly and fairly in their dealings with one another. And privity of contract, which is what I'm not going to talk about that much, but I'm just going to define it anyway, is the idea that a contract creates rights and duties only for the parties to the agreement and not for third parties. And now we are finally going to get to the actual point. So, some contracts are against public policy, but this does not result in their invalidity. They are merely unenforceable in a court of law. So this basically means that between the two parties in a contract, it is valid, it is binding. But a person can go to court and be like, look, this person has acted against, um, has acted in breach of this contract. The court does not necessarily have to enforce that contract, right? Um, but they have to determine whether or not that contract is enforceable so it can be found to be unenforceable but sometimes can be found to be enforceable depending on a variety of factors um and an example of such a contract is one that restricts the trade of another person so now let me give you guys an example let's say me i'm a photographer right i'm a photographer who works at at pictures go brr brr ltd pty <laughs> opty ltd and then my my employer when i decided to be employed by them tells me that i cannot go and be hired by a new photography company for two years after i have quit from like that company right and then i quit 
and then for some reason i'm like okay goodness i cannot just sit around i need to work right i have a family my frog is depending on me for money otherwise it'll die it'll literally the life will be sucked out of it <laughs> so then i go and i start to do some freelance work and let's say for instance that the pictures go is located in cape town and now i am working in durban right and let's say also Cape Town, the, the pictures go bro bro. It focuses on um, wedding photography. And me, I do um, like, what is that word for me? Like commercial ones. Like I do photography for like models in magazines and stuff. So then they are like, oh my goodness, this person's skills skill set is so valuable to us. So they cannot be allowed to continue. So they go to a court of law and the court have that like, look. You have to make this person stop trading for the next, um, let's say I, I quit and I've been practicing for like a year. You have to make them stop trading for another year. Like, you cannot do this to us. This is not fair. We cannot allow this to happen. <laughs> no, you guys are going to hear me laugh. <laughs> it's fine. It's a part of life. But like, no, we cannot allow this to happen. So then the court has to determine whether or not the contract, the restraint of trade agreement is enforceable. So, based on the fact that I've given you guys, the restrictive trade agreement will probably be found to be not enforceable, right? Because um, there has to be some sort of, they have to, they have to prove certain, um, what is it, elements in order to restrain, restrain my trade. But, right, so this, the fact that I gave you is going to make it so that they can't enforce this because I am far away. Let's say, for instance, Cape Town is very far away from Durban, so I'm not really using the same customer base as them. Um, they're focusing on wedding photography. I'm doing commercial photography. So we're not even in the same pool. We don't have the same target demographic. Um, also, they can say something like photography is a, is a personal skill, right? So you cannot restrict that. If I had learned how to take pictures from them, then I guess that could be different. But at the same time, even if I learned that from them, I, I my honing in on the skill is my own, right? It cannot necessarily be attributed to them. But let's say there's a different set of facts. Let's say I have contracted again the same with um um screw 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 outfits. What? All <laughs> these this examples are dumb, but I'm I've been um hired by screw screw outfits and I learned how to sew from them. They literally did an intensive course where they taught me how to sew. Um then they also had a restraint of trade clause for me for two years. And one day I'm like now I want to start my own fashion line. And I directly contact their customers to be like, come to me. I'm always making your comments all along, so just work with me. Their the Skrskr um, outfits is obviously located in, in <laughs> this is so problematic, is <laughs> located in like Bramfontein, but actually Bramfontein is not like really like okay let me not speak as if i live there but like you know it's it's like very eccentric fashion i find it very cool whenever i see pictures of their outfits i'm like wow mm. but anyways so let's say screw screw outfit is located in bramfontein and i decide to do my trade in rosebank and then so i have and i'm selling the same kind of outfits right so there we could actually restrain their trade because all of the factors can result to be to the detriment of this company of Skrskr outfits so some of the factors that are taken into consideration is just um whether or not guys the factors are so uh, five there's five factors i forgot them and i don't want to look through the work <laughs> but like this this state of affairs is a result of the decision in magna alloys and research 
versus Alice and Basson versus Chilwan. So these are the cases that like are used to back up the you know whether a state of trade agreement will be considered contrary to public policy if it is unreasonable. These are the case, the cases which kind of give us the elements that have to be fulfilled for either argument to win. Either it's unenforceable or it is enforceable. But yes, so basically the law does allow you to be <laughs> remain unemployed if you know it finds that doing so would be reasonable. Right. But I again I'm saying that the statement was very sensational. Because <laughs> like that doesn't mean that you can't find work completely. You just wouldn't have you wouldn't be allowed to trade in that um specific area. Just restrained by the trade first. So um a reasonable restraint can be enforced for indefinite time by way of an interdict on condition that the restricted party may approach the court for an amendment of the order should the position regarding the respective interests of the parties undergo a significant change. Um, so, and an agreement in restraint of trade may be enforced partially. So you could find that uh, maybe the person can continue to trade, but they're not allowed to trade within um, that Johannesburg area there by Bramfontein and Rosebank. So yeah, the the law can literally keep you unemployed if it finds that doing so is reasonable, right? And now we have our second statement, which is an unfair contract will be cancelled. So this is false. <laughs> First of all, you can't there is the you can't just willy nilly cancel a contract, right? You have to go through certain uh, steps to in order to set a contract aside. And once a contract has reached a certain point, you can't just on randomly decide that like I want to set this contract aside. So you have there's like this thing, um, in order for consensus to be reached, which is like called an offer and an acceptance, right? So once you have sent out an offer, and the other party has not yet accepted it, you can set at that point you can do whatever you want. You can actually set it aside, but this is before the person has accepted the offer. Once the person has accepted it, a legally binding contract comes into being provided that all the validity requirements and serious intention are there, right? So you can't just cancel it in jail, right? And the next point, which is important, a contract does not have to be just in order to be enforceable and valid. As long as it is justifiable, it can, subject to all those other requirements again, as I've said, and will probably be enforced. Right, because um, of that thing I told you guys about sanctity of contract and freedom of contract. So this does not, they don't take into account the fact that sometimes people don't, okay, but they do allegedly take into consideration, but they, like this sort of state of affairs also take into account the fact that like people do not, are not usually in an equal binding, what is it, equal bargaining position? Position, bargaining power? I don't know, but like imagine like you have you're entering into an unjust contract with a corporation and they're able to phrase things in a way that you don't understand. But they will the the, the, the courts and the other company can argue that you're like you have the capacity to act, you right. You should be able to understand what you're contracting with. Then it will be enforced even though it is unjust to you. But <clears throat> the courts can um intervene when they find that it is too unfair and unjust and it is really like against the the public policy like it's 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 too it's way too detrimental to be enforced right 
but i do want to read what the supreme court of appeal said literally once right let me say that let me just so regarding regarding the enforceability of contracts the supreme court of appeal literally said nor could a court seek refuge in the shadow of the constitution for neither the constitution nor the value system it embodies give the courts a general jurisdiction to invalidate contracts on the basis of judicially perceived notions of injustice unjustness or to determine their enforceability on the basis of imprecise notions of good faith. On the contrary, the Constitution's values of dignity and equality and freedom require that the courts approach their take the task of striking down contracts or declining to enforce them with perceptive restraint. One of the reasons is that contractual autonomy is part of freedom. Shorn of its obscene excess, contractual autonomy informs also the constitutional value of dignity. The Constitution requires that its values of um, employment credit values be employed to achieve a careful balance between the unacceptable excess of contractual freedom and securing a framework within which the ability to contract enhances rather than diminishes our self-respect and dignity so that sentence obviously like all pieces (laughs) is just very verbose in my opinion and very hard to read sometimes but this is actually kind of easy easier to read some of the stuff we have to read (laughs) like deciphering code in my opinion but basically what the person is what the Supreme Court was saying here is that a court cannot just um declare a contract unenforceable just because they find like it is unjust. It it, it is against their own personal ideas of what is and is not unjust. This is the 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 Supreme Court in this case was like we have to enforce the law as it is. Which is very much like supposed to be against what South Africa's the South African legal system stands with, right? In this country, we're supposed to be taking a very purposive approach approach to legal interpretation, which basically means that like we should always take morals and ethics and what um what is the intention behind the law like context into account, not just enforcing the the law blindly. And in the statement, it's kind of like. We should not interfere when we find that something is unjust, which is weird, right? It's it's like it's weird because that's literally something that you're supposed to take into account, according to what is supposed to be our main way of interpreting the law. But one thing that I found is that the Supreme Court of Appeal seems to be very conservative in their way of interpreting the law, and I'm obviously not gonna say that like um, the more liberal interpretation is necessarily better right because <laughs> liberalism is just the same thing as conservatism in many ways but you know there's this one quote that my constitutional law um, to teacher lecturer professor whatever once said that like at the time i laughed at it but now i'm like hey this is actually really true so a liberal is someone who has um just been taken to jail while a conservative is someone who's just been robbed and like basically, it's just people who have interacted with each other. One is, um, one wants to maintain a status quo, and one wants something to change due to their own experiences. But fundamentally, they don't actually want to deal with a problem at hand. They're just thinking about their own personal how one event affects them personally. So regardless, it's like ineffective in the grand scheme of things. And I find that I found that to be very like, hey, that makes a lot of sense. But I say all this to say that the Supreme Court of Appeal is very conservative in their way of interpreting so many things I've realized. And I find that very weird. I'm not sure if it's intentional, maybe. 
like cause constitutional court tends to be more um, liberal in their judgments and stuff so it's just so interesting to me how like the interests of <laughs> again like there should be if, if there should be some sort of a tally of how many times I say the interest of the rich. That's fine. So the interests of the rich and the powerful will be protected at any cost, right? How it slips through sometimes so blatantly, like as in this case. Because if someone is in the position of unequal bargaining, bargaining power, they cannot read the jargon in a contract, and they're still forced to make, like, enforce, like, to, 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 to act in accordance with it. That's not really fair, right? It is unjust. But here they're saying that we don't have to be un- we don't have to take this justness and be like, no, the contract should be set aside now because of this. So I find that very interesting. I hope my statement makes sense. I feel like it didn't, <laughs> but I hope it does. And now we have our final statement. I am also hungry, I'm ready to eat. Yo, I have to go shopping today because <laughs> I need to buy food. Oh, gosh, I hate going to the shops. It's so draining. I wish like the problem is like I'll deliver food here, like the grocery food. But like I I don't know. I feel like it's 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 not the same as like ordering food from like a restaurant. Because like you want to select the the people just pick whatever one they want. Imagine they pick apples for you now and they pick the smallest ones. Ha. Huh? Whereas when if you went there by yourself you choose the big ones, the ones that look nice and fresh and everything. But now you can't even see and also, like, I always feel so awkward whenever I have to take food from delivery people. Like, it's fine. I'm, I just, oh, it's just very awkward for me. I don't know why. Like, it's, I'm sure that people don't even feel awkward themselves. I just, I just don't know what's wrong with me. Anyways, so the statement is, if you are forced through threats to your literal life to enter a contract, it is still valid. I want to repeat the statement, right, <laughs> just to make sure you are understanding me. If you are forced through threats to your literal life to enter a contract, the contract is still valid. And the answer is, hmm. <laughs> so, duress, it sucks, right? <laughs> duress, or the Latin word is metas, is improper pressure that amounts to intimidation. And a party who gives his or her or their consent to a contract under duress does so not through the free exercise of his or her or their own will, but through fear inspired by an illegitimate threat. So, apart from the very rare cases where the fear is so extreme as to exclude consensus altogether, a contract induced by duress is invalid. So this is the improperly obtained consensus that I was talking about. Yo, guys, sorry, correcting myself, it is valid. It is valid, sorry. <laughs> so, this is because, and guys, let us quickly laugh at my Latin, guys. I'm so sorry. There's no more Latin. Whatever. Voluntas coacta est tamen voluntas. Which means, in the eyes of the law, a forced contract is a, nonetheless an effective cons. What? Eh, you see. <laughs> it started with this voluntas. Now I can't even speak English. <laughs> let me start again. In the eyes of the law, a forced consent is nonetheless an effective consent. However, the contract is voidable at the option of the threatened party in view of the fact that the consent was obtained by improper means, which is why I said it's a hmm, right? It's basically valid, but it can be declared voidable um, at the election of the threatened party. In order to, um, when 
when the innocent party can set the contract aside and claim restitution of what was already given or resist the enforcement of the contract by the other party. So in a proper case, the innocent party the innocent party may recover damages because duress is a delict giving rise to the Aquilian action. However, in order for these consequences to arise, so in order for the innocent party to be able to either set aside the contract or resist the enforcement of the contract, it is essential that the threat should be both unlawful and an effective cause of the contract. So basically that means but for the threat, the threatened party would not have contracted at all or at least not on the terms that they did. So let's say for instance that um, I come here and I'm, I'm here with my gun and I'm like, look, if you don't if you don't buy my chicken, I will kill all of your family members. I will kill you as well. Wait, should I say the case? Should I say that? Way? It's fine, whatever. If you do not buy my chicken, look at that chicken. Every day it's crossing the road. I am tired. You need to buy it or else. Right? <laughs> so when a basically you have a good chicken who never crosses the road. So you have no reason to be buying my chicken who's busy running around the streets. The chicken is for the streets. <laughs> But <laughs> my chicken is for the streets. You would not have bought my chicken if I had not threatened you and your family. And importantly, I have not actually done anything yet. But the threat is serious. It is unlawful, right? And it caused you to enter the contract. Then you can go to the court and set aside the contract or resist the enforcement of the contract on the grounds of duress because that is a delict, right? It causes harm to another, etc., etc., etc. So, the party who alleges duress must establish the following elements. Actual violence or reasonable fear. The fear must be caused by the threat of some considerable evil to the party themselves or their family. It must be the threat of an imminent or inevitable evil. The threat or intimidation must be contra bonomeres, which is the, like, um, the morals of the, the community. And the moral pressure must have caused um, damage. So, you see, me in my example of the chicken... Hey guys, the chicken will have caused you damage, man. Hey, that chicken. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Dangerous. <laughs> okay. So yeah, guys, those are all our statements. I'm really curious to know how many you got right. Um, if you again, if you have Spotify, you can let me know. Um, you can also let me know by sending in a voice message if you feel so inclined. And also, you can follow me on Screw You and also let me know that I'm going to post about it. Um, so, you can put comment under the post. But I also want to talk about something else. I wanted to add a little remix idea that I had whilst filming. But I wanted to add it to the end of the video. I don't know if I'm going to add it to the title of the video just for the sake of being, like, sensational and riding on a wave of, like, a relevant topic. I don't know. But, um, you know how in America right now, they could be setting aside abortion the right to like the legality of abortion so i wanna like the question is do you guys think that abortion could be declared illegal in south africa so i'm gonna give you like a bit of a time to answer that oh obviously now this is not me reading from my book it's me thinking out of my own brain so just keep that in mind but as far as i know abortion could be illegalized sure but that would only be done so if the um what is the name of that 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 act that is only if the act it's the choice in termination of pregnancy act is repealed by another subsequent act that is the only way that abortion can be 
declared illegal in South Africa because we have codified it properly in statute, right? So it would have to be a very like you there'd have to be very convincing arguments for it. Um then it could like but I feel like there would be so many measures in place to prevent that from happening, right? Because the enactment of the Choice Intermission of Pregnancy Act was enacted in line with constitutional provisions, right? I don't remember the specifics, but like from the nature of uh, abortion and what it means for people, I assume it would be things like the right to human dignity, like things like right to bodily autonomy, and also like ones that you would not think about directly, so substantive things like the rights to be able to have like, not, it's not, I'm not sure if it's a real right, but like having a like a decent life because obviously if you're in you're you're a poor person and you're forced to have a child it will severely impact your quality of life your ability to um what is it uh, provide for yourself and the baby right and also the human dignity of the child itself right if their parent is unable to to provide for them or their child or their mother or their parent does not want them this has a huge impact on the child's life outcome and their own human dignity so it would be very, very, very difficult to declare abortion illegal in South Africa. And, like, I I am so happy, right? Because, like, the people could use things like religion, that is against religious freedom and whatnot. And I'm happy that, like, even so, they still managed to maintain this act. And I'm happy that it's an act. Um, and I'm saying this, obviously, because, you know, we all know, I think we, most of us, have an understanding of what's going on in america and them trying to like um make abortion illegal like illegal by setting aside a decision in a previous um court case right and um i just like it's just so fat like one thing that i that annoyed me so much right is just the way that religion is used the way that religion is used so often to justify just like many like what is it unfairly limiting people's human rights right like my thing like, i feel like i've said this multiple times before but if you as in your religion you feel like people shouldn't have abortions then you whether don't have it it's fine you shouldn't have it but don't inf- infringe on other people's rights to do what they want with their body like it annoys me like if you feel it's so big of it when i stay away from it leave everyone else alone please and like when people aren't allowed to have abortions, that doesn't mean that, like, it's, 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 like, you know how, like, laws are, ma- that's why I keep saying so often, that laws are made to oppress the poor, the marginalized, not for the breach. I once saw this tweet that, like, resonated with me, where it was, like, if the punishment for a crime is a fine, that that crime only exists for the poor. And I feel like that exists, that is so, with so many other types of, um, contraventions of the law itself. Right, the law is made for the poor, not for the rich. Because even if abortion is declared illegal in America, in South Africa, the rich will be able to keep having abortions regardless. Right, it's just the people who are at the bottom who will not be able to do it anymore, and they are already even now so severely restricted from the right to have abortions. And when I think about some of the arguments that they paid the court made in that country, they're like, no, it's because abortion is not constitutionally protected in the constitution like it's not explicitly said thou can have an ab-. it's so dumb like which constitution su- such such few constitutions will directly protect certain rights 
that like someone made a, 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 like an observation that the constitution doesn't even refer to women doesn't mean that women should cease to exist <laughs> just like the thing where like the arguments even themselves are so dumb it just so 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 <sighs> guys it's just so sad to look at because like america is just so depressing to me like you know how you know how like in south africa we have so many problems so many our, our problems are plenty but like at least we can at least we have some um things that can't be taken away from us at least not easily there's so many hoops you get to jump through in order to illegalize certain things in this country and that makes me so happy because imagine someday some religious fundamentalist is like yeah no we want some religious fundamentalist in the court of law is like yeah this 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 we must invalidate it there's so many other things that have to happen in order for the act to be repealed and that's a relief <laughs> and also oh, that's a relief so um i just can't this is where you start to really question governance as a whole right because something that people mentioned is how like the democratic party in that country has been using that case against them for like as a reason for them to continue voting for the democratic party they could have actually codified this provision in law a long time ago but they chose not to because that can continue to be used as leverage and i find that so interesting it's depressing it's depressing but yeah um i have no more words to add because like i don't know i feel like uh, I, I feel like enough people talk about america and i feel like i feel like Americans can speak for their own behalf, right? But it's just so sad to look at. Because, like, America is literally moving backwards. At some point, they'll be burning people at the stake again. <laughs> at this point, with the way things are going in that country, it's actually so sad to watch, you Because, like, we may... Like, again, I say, like, South Africa is, like, far from a... Like, it's far from perfect. But, like, at least know that certain rights that we have can't be taken away. At least not easily. <laughs> right? Because any right can be taken away, honestly. But... As long as we have like a liberal, neoliberal, in quotation marks, democracy, any right can be taken away at like the whim of anyone who has been elected by 50% of the population. <laughs> Sometimes even 39, 39 if you consider it, but anyway, whatever. So it's, 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 you know, that country's, you know, I can't believe there was a time when I wanted to be an American. Like, you know how, you know how, like, you realize how pervasive American and Americanism truly is. When you think about how much we have been, like, and also how beautiful, like, how effective their propaganda machine is, because you're so you're you're led to believe that this country really is the best country on earth. You watch all their movies, their movies are everywhere. We are using their social media platforms, and but when you're really there, the people who actually live there are living such sad lives, because like, even. Even with something like medical care, South Africa does not have universal medical care, right? And um, our public health care sector is severely um, overloaded, right? But at least you know that you can go to a public hospital and, for example, you can give birth to a child for free, right? I know that there's so many like bad things that can happen in between, but like at least we know that there's certain things that if you have a something happen to you, you know you're not gonna be falling headfirst into debt as like a poor person. And I feel like that's at least 
something like i i'm not saying that as if it's a good thing like that we should not be happy with crumbs obviously right but at least we have some level of good like i hate with if there's one thing i hate with everything that i am is at least we should not be living a life of at least right but because like i don't want to ever defend these people who are constantly running the country but i like I, sometimes i'm at least grateful <laughs> To a certain extent, yeah, but yes, anyways, um, but yeah, so in keeping with the fight against at least is in please do stuff in your community to help people, right? Start a book club, start there, and then find ways of doing helpful things in like your local schools. Like, if you are in you live close to or you live in a township. Go to the schools and be like, hey guys, I'm a good reader. Can can I help with a literacy program? I want to read to the kids. And then teach the kids, kids to read anarchist and communist literature. Please let the kids be radicalized from the time they are young. <laughs> and help with community gardens. Help whenever you can gather funds. Help homeless people. Like just do stuff in your community to help people. Start start small. But like whatever you do, let it be rooted in theory, but let it also be clearly action. Like just do stuff to help people. Don't just be aware of things are bad. So that's my final two cents. Um, thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I had a lot of fun filming it. Currently, I'm very hungry. <laughs> my breath is awful because I have not brushed my teeth yet. <laughs> and um, I'm. Yeah, that's kind of it. I also have to pee, but that's fine. So thank you again for watching, watching for listening to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you did, don't forget to share it with, share it with your friends and your families. Follow Skuyu on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram has Twitter now. Both um, Instagram is just Skuyu, and then Twitter is Skuyu Pod. So follow us there and interact with the podcasty. Um, thank you again for listening. I I wanted to blow a few so many times during this episode because people keep opening doors. Please stop opening doors. Please stay, sit still. Stay in your room and keep quiet. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, thank you again for listening. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you guys in the next episode, the 20th episode, which is also going to be the last episode before I take a little hiatus. Um, Until that episode, they say stay fabulous and also stay doing stuff that is useful and helpful yes thank you bye